Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Hello, everyone. I am Megan Weiss, and I am the host of CFO Weekly. I am also a certified public accountant. I've been around accounting and outsourcing um, for the last 22 years, and I am the VP and general manager of Personiv's finance and accounting outsourcing service line. Today, we're going to do things just a little bit differently, and I'm going to discuss with you my top five predictions for accounting in 2021. Like most people, I feel that 2020 has been a roller coaster ride and a crazy year. I, for one, uh, although, you know, it, it's been, it hasn't been all bad, but I, I don't think I'm going to miss 2020 very much. I'm very much looking forward to 2021 and welcoming the opportunities that are going to come along with a new year and a return to the old normal. So without further ado, let's get started. So my first prediction is that remote workforces are going to stick around long after the virus. I think companies have been trending toward a work from home environment for probably the past two decades now. And the pandemic driven shutdown that occurred in March propelled that movement forward by at least a decade. Uh, I think many companies will stick with flexible work arrangements post pandemic because they've realized now that it works. I know that a Stanford University report recently showed that 42% of the U.S. labor force is now working from home full-time, and of those, 98% would like for it to remain that way. So I don't think that this is a trend that's going to reverse. I think we're only going to see more and more companies um, moving toward a work-from-home environment. The benefits of remote work include, obviously, lower business expenses. Uh, Companies aren't spending much money on commercial real estate when their employees are at home. They have a bigger pool of applicants. The globe kind of becomes open to recruiting talent. And so um, I think it opens up a lot more opportunities as far as finding the right candidate when you open it up to the world. I know a lot of employers have seen increased productivity. I know, you know, some people just aren't good at working from home, but most once they get used to it are, and uh, without the, you know, the hour or two commute to deal with on a daily basis, that's time that can be much better spent doing things that are actually productive. And then there's better disaster preparedness. So, you know, when disaster strikes, all of our employees are already at home. We don't have to worry about snowstorms or hurricanes, earthquakes, all of that stuff that normally would shut down a business for days or weeks now doesn't necessarily have to. And then lastly, there's improved employee satisfaction and retention. Uh, I think people you know, happy employees tend to stay where they're at. So I think working from home makes a lot of people happy. So I think that's one that's here to stay. And I think also that the work from home revolution is going to spur two more trends. 
The second of my predictions is that companies will continue to migrate to cloud computing. Over the past decade, there's been a slow but steady migration to switch to cloud computing. As companies have become more comfortable with the security associated with the cloud, things have been moving in that direction. But because so many are now working from home and the cloud allows easy access from anywhere at any time, in real time, I think the adoption of cloud computing will be advanced by at least a decade. And the cloud continues to transform connectivity between people and businesses on a global scale. Coronavirus has pushed the majority of IT enterprises to, as I said, adopt a work from home model. And thus there's been an increased demand for cloud communication and collaboration services across the globe. For example, I'm recording this podcast right now on Zoom. I mean, I, I know a lot of companies have switched to tools such as Microsoft Teams and Zoom. And I think that's going to be true for accounting platforms as well. I think companies like NetSuite and QuickBooks Online and Xero are all um, definitely going to benefit um, during these times. And I know a lot of people think that you know, cloud-based tools where how can teams be efficient or collaborate? But I think we have seen that happening over the last six months. I think a lot, some of the benefits of cloud computing include the increased mobility, um, you know, being able to access an ERP on your cell phone from, you know, when you're sitting at a stoplight. And the security is actually top-notch in in the cloud and you add on the ease of recovery if someone's laptop is you know if there's coffee spilt in the laptop or if a laptop stolen the cloud is backed up on a regular basis so you don't have to worry about losing data that might have been lost otherwise and then of course you have the increased collaboration and scalability when you add a new resource, you just um, you just purchase a new license. And so it becomes a very scalable solution. My third prediction is that outsourcing slash offshoring is going to increase exponentially. I think businesses have seen firsthand that remote workforces can work and that this, when combined with their need for cost reduction, is going to increase the demand for outsourcing in 2021. Companies, by outsourcing necessary but time-consuming tasks, their organization can then concentrate on what they do best while still cutting costs and increasing efficiencies. I think an increase in outsourcing is also going to help alleviate the long-standing problem of shortage in accounting talent. Uh, while the U.S. has seen a decrease in accounting graduates in recent years and decades, in countries like the Philippines and India, accountants where, you know, that's typically where finance and accounting is outsourced, there are still plenty of accountants in those countries. As this is a prestigious and secure career path, I, I think a lot of people in those countries are looking for something stable and secure and accounting still definitely fits that bill. 
So there's a plethora of accountants available in countries outside of the United States. And outsourcing can be a wonderful way for companies to properly staff their accounting processes while still, you know, maintaining their budget or even cutting their budget. Which brings me to cutting costs. I think cutting costs is going to increase in importance as companies struggle to recover from COVID-19, as well as the possibility, and you know, nobody has a crystal ball, but I think people have been concerned for a while now that there is a possibility of a recession on the horizon for the United States. So I think that cutting costs will become even more important in 2021, and that's my fourth prediction. CFOs will be holding on to cash and investing only in things that are necessary. And this is going to lead to things like an increased desire to automate. Automation can be a great cost-cutting tool. So I think companies are going to look to automate everything that they can automate and then outsource those things that cannot be automated. I think automation is actually a great thing for accountants. I know when people hear of automation, uh, they get scared that they're going to, to lose their jobs. But I think that automation is going to take away the mundane and the transactional work and it's going to require us accountants to focus on upskilling our, ourselves. I think future accountants need to be focused more on analytical and soft skills. I think they're going to you know, really have to focus on problem solving and then on their leadership and people skills. And lastly, um, my fifth prediction is that as data becomes more and more available, the need to become data-driven is going to continue to take center stage. I think that many companies are investing heavily in big data and automation and AI, artificial intelligence, but I think that many are failing to realize that it's the people and processes that are lacking. And those are the two things that stand in most companies' way of fully reaping the benefits of their data. However, I think more and more companies are going to manage to align their processes and people with their goals for analytics and that they will begin to reap the benefits. These benefits include cost savings, increased speed of decision making, and continuous improvement since you're constantly testing, you know, one alternative against the next, you're always coming up with better ways to do things. And that's true across the organization. And I, I, I have seven tips for companies who are interested in becoming data-driven. Um, and these are just at a very high level, but I think you need to become a goals first organization. This means that you need to identify what question or problem you're solving for before you just begin to collect data. Otherwise, I think you'll be boiling the sea. Um, the next important thing is data leadership. I think leadership at data-driven companies really has to evangelize the use of data and lead by example. Another thing that most companies have that 
are truly data-driven is broad data literacy. So people across the organization and not just their analysts are data literate. They provide their people with broad training and they do it in a just-in-time manner where people aren't forced to bite off more than they can chew. Instead, they get the training they need right as the project's beginning, and then they get to practice those skills during a data project. Fourth, I think people need to be held accountable. Um, If you're going to expect people to use data to make decisions, I think that, you know, there has to be consequences for not using data when it's available. You also need an open and trusting culture. Data-driven organizations, they share their data across departments. Lots of different departments have the data and it has to be all brought together in order to get the clearest picture. Um, This requires a very open and trusting culture. And then lastly, I think data-driven organizations are always questioning and they create a learning culture. So they see things as tests and hypotheses rather than looking at it like it's just someone's personal experience or gut instinct. Um, I, I feel like when people see things as their own opinions, there's a lot more room for kind of becoming emotionally attached to that opinion or point of view. So when you turn it into a question or a hypothesis and then test it, I think that alleviates some of the personal um, interference that gets in the way of making the most out of data. So those are my high-level tips for creating a data-driven culture. And those are my five predictions for 2021. Again, I'll just recap. So my first prediction is that remote workforce is going to stick around and the trend is has been advanced by at least a decade. My second prediction is that companies are going to continue to migrate their accounting platforms and other um, applications to the cloud. My third prediction is that outsourcing and offshoring are going to increase. I think that the work from home mandate or the work from home success, as well as the need to cut costs is going to, to drive the demand for cost savings through outsourcing and offshoring. My fourth prediction is that cutting costs is going to increase in importance as the U.S. continues to face the possibility of recession and recover from COVID. And then lastly, that data is going to become more and more important and being able to use that data as a competitive advantage. So there you have it. Those are my predictions for 2021. I am looking forward to 2021 and uh, hoping that, like I said, we'll see some return to normalcy. So to all of my listeners tonight or today, I hope you've enjoyed today's topic. It was a little different, but um, hopefully you found some value in it. And to all of you, I hope you take care of yourselves and that you will tune in 
next week. And again, um, I'm Megan Weiss. I'm a certified public accountant, and I'm the VP and general manager of Personiv's finance and accounting outsourcing service line, as well as the host for CFO Weekly. So thank you all for listening and take care. Bye-bye. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personiv.com. Thanks for listening.